everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 7. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Mil Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Milt? Wonderful, Greg. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. So the ATC Week 7 report is in the books. How did the railway railways fare in Week 7, Milt? Not as well as they did, say, in the first five weeks of the grain year. CP, unfortunately, seemed to be off their game somewhat for the second straight week. They were a little bit better than they were in week six, but still not uh, what we would consider good. You know, they had order fulfillment of 77%, um, which was up from the 73% in the prior week. Uh, CN better at 88%, although... If you look back over the preceding four weeks, that was down about 10 points because they were averaging about 98% a week there for, for a steady four weeks. And that put them you know, under 90% uh, performance for only the second time this year. If you recall, they had a, a not stellar week in week two, but then had picked it up uh, quite nicely and had a good run from week through th- uh, three through week six and then down a little bit in week seven. So we'll see uh, what, if anything, that turns into going forward. Uh, just breaking down uh, the performance for each of them briefly. Uh, CP, much like uh, what we saw in week six, pretty uneven when you look across corridors this week. Uh, Vancouver and Thunder Bay, you know, as always, are the critical ones for CP. It's where the majority of their business goes. And this week was no exception. Those two corridors were almost 5,000 orders, which was just under 90% of all the orders for CP. And that's where they kind of stubbed their toe again this week. Uh, They supplied only 76% of the cars to Vancouver and 81% of the cars to Thunder Bay. Everywhere else, apart from kind of a a real anomaly in in the U.S. corridor, uh, they were pretty good, Uh, you know, above 90% going uh, to Eastern Canada, going to other places, but those two corridors really wrote the story. And and that's usually the way it is with CP, particularly at this time of year. CN, better, but as I said before, uh, not an insignificant drop from what we've seen over the course of the last month. Concern, of course, would be that, you know, it's it's an early sign, if you will, of uh, some developing capacity constraints. They did see the highest demand in week seven uh, that they've seen so far this year. Demand jumped 50% from week six to week seven. And if you go back to week six, demand had doubled from week five to, you know, week six. So it's it's steadily pointing upwards. And it's going to be kind of the same as we head into week eight. Having said that, demand is still for CN well below, you know, the levels that we were seeing in 2020-21, which was the record year as we refer to it. So yes, higher than what they've been seeing, but certainly not as high as they have seen in the past and certainly not as high as they're going to see, I don't think, in the coming weeks. Vancouver was their problem. I mean, they weren't terrible to Vancouver, 84%, but it was a big chunk of orders. And that's really what kind of brought their performance down. So a little bit of concern, I would say, CP. Uh, we'll see what they do in week eight. Three weeks in a row would be a very bad sign, I think. And CN, maybe this is just a one-week dip, but we'll we'll know in a few days. Yeah, thanks, Milt. So 
you know, we, we are seeing this steady demand rise. So far, the overall percentages are are still, you know, sturdy. Provincially, though, how did it uh, show up provincially as far as these numbers, especially with um, with CP, with, with this sort of dip in number? Was any particular province uh, maybe received or struggled to get the performance they needed? Uh, yeah, I think the best way to describe province or provincial performance would be to say that it was uneven. Probably, it's interesting when you look at when you look at the numbers. You know, CN was very good, uh, arguably in Alberta and Manitoba this week, ninety one percent, ninety eight percent, respectively, and down in Saskatchewan, eighty two. So you know, pretty steady in the first two, and not so good uh, in the third. CP was kind of the reverse. Uh, Saskatchewan was their best effort this week at eighty four percent. And they weren't particularly good in Alberta and in Manitoba, you know, at 69 and, and 68% respectively. So really kind of uneven when you look across the board. And if you look at that compared to what we saw in the prior week, everywhere other than one, I think performance dropped week over week. So, you know, you see the trickle down effect from the top line to the provincial level. And we saw the same thing at a corridor level, you know, the unevenness that we saw in corridor performance for CN and CP at a system level, logically, and, and you would expect it to, and, and it did find its way down to the provincial level. But the consistent theme across all the provinces this week was higher demand. I mean, we saw it at the system level and it translated down. There was only one exception to that, and that was for CP in Alberta, where uh, week-over-week demand actually went down. But based on the numbers that we're seeing, uh, that seems like a bit of an aberration, and it's going to crank right back up starting in week eight. So demand is growing across the board. Performance seems to be becoming a little bit less even across the board. So it's going to be interesting to watch here in the next few weeks, I think, at the provincial level. Yeah, and I think the big the big question, as you flagged already, is is demand and whether how is this increasing demand going to influence capacity con- or constrain capacity? And as you say, it's it's starting to well, we've seen a, ra- a slow ramp up, and the expectation is this is going to continue and likely not peaked. So you know, what, historically, what should we expect from a capacity or or impact? perspective as we start to see this demand start to increase? Yeah, well, I think demand is going to be the story, right? Since uh, late summer, projections for the crop for this year, uh, people have been comparing it to the record of uh, the record year of uh, two years ago, 2020, uh, 21, which is, you know, the favorite year that both railways love to tout their performance in because they were setting records basically on a monthly basis. But if you look historically back over the grain shipping year, the peak period, which comes every year, generally runs from about right now, uh, mid-September, through to the end of December. It's still higher in, in the early part of winter, January, February, March, than it is certainly through the spring and the summer. But the real peak is kind of between week six or seven and week 22 or so. So mid-September to late December. And if you look at 2020-21, the so-called record year, on average each week during that peak period, shippers were ordering almost 11,500 cars a week when you put CN and CP together. 
And just to contrast that a little bit, last year, which was, of course, was the drought reduced year, that number was 7,200 cars a week during that same period. So that's about a 40% drop, which is consistent with what we saw all year, you know, for the grain movement last year versus the prior year. And to put that in perspective of what we've seen so far this year, we've only had one week so far this year where demand for the two railways combined was above 10,000 cars. And that was week seven. And it was just barely above 10,000 cars. So to say that we haven't peaked yet is probably an understatement because really week seven is the beginning, if you will, of the traditional uh, peak shipping season. So CP demand has, has, has been and continues to be much higher than CN. You know, in the last two weeks, week six and seven, CP demand hit 6,000 plus cars and 5,600 plus cars respectively. And when we look back through our data, those are the two highest weeks of demand for CP since the spring of 2021, I think April or March of 2021. So that's a long time where the railway has been operating at a, at a significantly reduced level of demand. CN still hasn't caught up. I mean, when we look at our numbers through the first seven weeks, CN's lagging last year still a little bit. And they're only just now in week seven and going forward week eight and week nine, going to be touching the weekly levels that we saw during 2020, 21. So, you know, their test I think is yet to come. And that's gonna change pretty quick here, I think, because one of the regions that's been slow in, in its harvesting activities, if you will, uh, I think most people would agree probably three weeks or so behind normal, is the Peace region of Northern Alberta. That of course is a key sourcing region for CN. It's exclusive to CN because CP doesn't service that part of the country. And they're just now wrapping up their harvest. So I would expect that we're gonna see probably some pretty significant volumes start to come out of that region. A lot of that stuff goes to Prince Rupert and what doesn't go to Prince Rupert tends to go to Vancouver. So it's, I mean, volumes in the Vancouver corridor are already really high, probably going to get higher. And then volumes are going to ramp up even farther to Prince Rupert once that stuff's come on board. So lots to come. You know, we know the railways had a lot of cars in storage, even at the end of August. So we're expecting that those things have come out of storage now because they know what the demand is going to be. So we'll see if that has an impact on performance going forward. It's going to take a few weeks to see, but uh, worth watching closely, I would suggest. Yeah, I think everyone would expect, you know, if the railways are seeing demand that they haven't seen for a while, there's a, there's a certain level of adjustment that has to, you'd think would have to happen, you know, as they, as they sort of ramp, also ramp up to meet that demand. Ultimately, I think the next couple of weeks will tell the story whether they've invested enough and put enough capacity out there available for, for the grain sector. And that's always the, the big question. As we start to see this demand increase and we start to see uh, order, order fulfillment performance uh, start to lag, we end up with a lot of outstanding orders, right? Which, which then becomes, as you described in previous podcasts, a bit of a, a wave that, that just sort of sits there as the railways have to eat away at outstanding orders while, while addressing new demand. What do you expect to see, see from this, Milt, as far as you know, how, how the railways will react to both new demand and, and a, a growing amount, potential growing amount of outstanding orders? 
Yeah, your point is is exactly right. You know, new demand is one thing and ramping up to meet that demand is obviously they need to do it. But the problem uh, starts to be bigger when it's not just, you know, the new demand that's growing that you have to deal with. And we're seeing that right now, unfortunately, uh, with CP, uh, not so much with CN, but some concern, I think, warranted on, on the CP end of things. Case in point, in, in week six, you know, CP saw the highest demand it's seen since the spring of 2021, 6,000 plus cars. And they only supplied 73% of those cars in week six. So that meant that coming out of week six and into week seven, they had 1,600 cars that they were still outstanding that they now have to service in week seven, in addition to the demand that's coming at them in week seven, which as it turns out was 5,600 cars. So if you put the 5,600 cars with the 1,600 outstanding orders, that gives you an effective demand, if you will, against railway capacity of 7,200 cars per week, seven. And if you think back to what the railways wrote in their drain plan, CN's quote unquote, or CP's quote unquote committed rail capacity for this time of year is about 6,000 cars a week. So, you know, if they're looking at 7,200, the likelihood of them making that is not very good by their own admission. <laughs> um, and week eight, unfortunately, uh, we're, you know, we're going to be replaying the same movie with CP. Uh, in week seven, um, they only supplied 77% of the cars that they had on the books. So they ended up carrying 1,500 orders again from week seven into week eight. And week eight demand is looking, at least initially, even higher than week seven demand. So we're thinking the effective demand at this point for week eight for CP is probably, you know, somewhere between 7,500 and 8,000 cars. So the problem is that once this happens for a couple of weeks in a row, and the railway is, you know, lugging this outstanding order problem behind them from week to week to week to week, it becomes hard for them to catch up and get even, if you will. And that problem, frankly, only gets worse the closer that you get to winter, because inevitably, as we all know, and we talk about each week during winter, the system slows down. Generally speaking, performance tends to get worse. And if you're already carrying you know, a bag full of outstanding orders from week to week and your performance declines, the number of orders outstanding gets bigger and it just plagues you from week to week to week. And the only thing that can fix that is if you have the ability to ramp up capacity from the railway's perspective. And I'm guessing they don't have that kind of capacity flexibility, at least they don't suggest that they do, or that demand drops. And demand, given enough time, will drop. But it could take till the spring. <laughs> so you know, that's, that's the real worry. I mean, it's okay to have a bad week here and a bad week there, but when you start putting them back to back to back with big numbers like this, it's going to be hard to shake that tail uh, unless something drastic happens. Now, we haven't seen that yet from CN. They did have their first bad week where they're now carrying 500 orders forward into week eight. 
you know, so they're the, the biggest test for them, at least so far this year, is coming up in week eight. So we'll see how they do. And it's going to be very interesting to see how CP does and if they can break this pattern that we've seen them in in the last two weeks. Yeah, and ideally you don't, I mean, for, for the railways, they don't fall behind so much now b- before we even get into the winter period, right? Because, I mean, I think traditionally every winter we see we see that catch up to them as well. And, and, and that just sticks around and, and it creates, creates havoc for, for the grain sector trying to, trying to export this grain. So, well, Milt, we'll look forward to, to week eight and week nine. I think we're in a pivotal moment. Everyone in the grain sector is pretty excited about this crop and, and there's export programs and the farmers are, are getting it off and looking to sell it. Thanks a lot again for your insights, Milt. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. And for those who would like to see their reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.